0: Yes, she, yes, she, All right, are we
1: ready? Yes. Maya, okay, I'm here. In five, okay, in five, four, three, two. Look at you. You made it to another episode of We Did That Shit Podcast, where we talk about who did some shit what we learned from shit, and how we got through some shit. I'm Aya. And I'm Babi. Podcast family, we appreciate you, and we hope your week was the shit. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. If you enjoy our company, please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. We're on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify, and Anchor. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at we did that shit.
0: Hey Maya. Why are you smiling so hard? I can't smile. I'm just saying, you like really in it today. Hmm, cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to get me in a good mood or something? Black women can't even be happy. Good. <laughs> that's true
1: happy while black
0: (laughs) (laughs) don't be happy while black goodness gracious what's going on with you how was your week same shit different me same shit different me that's right same
1: shit going on different me because you know it is all in your response and I do understand that sometimes your emotions or your passion your anger, it could get the best of you. But I had to keep that, you know, I had to take that to the master. Like, if if you're not going to change this situation, you're going to have to change me. Something has got to give. And I just start strutting up and work like the sun rises and sets for me. How you doing? All kinds of stuff happening. I'm just acting like, oh, my mercy.
0: Mm. Hmm. Well, you know. Well, how much more you want somebody to change you? Because you nice as hell. <sighs> you feel me? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, how much more, I, how much more can think, you change?
1: I think that I'm nice. And I think that yeah, too, um, I told my boss, I said, you know, I help people. That's what I do. You know, that's what I do. And, and for as long as I'm here, you benefit from the fabulousness because it comes with a package and I can't I don't care how angry I am I don't care what's going on I can't not be me right you know what I mean I I can I can be me with an attitude but people are still going to get helped right you know what I mean? it, it's just you you know you get this it's a package deal so you know but I have all faith that when it's all said and done I will be vindicated. I have all faith. I will come out on top. I will
0: be vindicated. Vindicated. Yes. So this is something that's going to have you being vindicated because being vindicated, being vindicated is like you're being accused of something. What are you being accused of that you have to come out like being vindicated? Um. Did you? Not
1: so, I, I mean, if you
0: I, don't want to get was, into like it, you don't have to. I but. was
1: reprimanded for helping someone. Okay. So it's like you know how if. If this is your job, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have a, a. And she's not really my boss. I don't consider her my boss, but they put her, and so we were managers together. They mm-hmm. created a new position and made her like higher than the managers. So mm-hmm. now, now she's a little higher than me, and I got another manager equal, right? Mm-hmm. So they created this position to make, to make the program. Better to, you know, implement the policies and procedures to improve the performance measures Mm -hmm. to uh, get us to where we need to be as an excellent practice. Because allegedly, we used to be the best of the best. Okay. So the only issue is she has she. I believe that she got the position because she's been there long for a long time. Mm-hmm. But you don't know what you're doing. So now you're in the position and you're asking us, well, me, to do all the things that they want you to do. Okay. So if I answer, she takes the information to the leadership meeting, which now that they created this, we used to go to the me- leadership meetings together. But now that they created this position, so now we don't go to the leadership meeting. hmm so if you if you answer, she'll take it to the leadership meeting and present it as her own. Uh. If you don't answer, she tries to, you know, send emails and things like that. And then you have to respond like, as I stated on this date, I this, 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 you know, to mm-hmm. be like, like, who you think you're talking to? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. And I feel like First of all, if you had any kind of se- she doesn't like me. The lady does not. She didn't like me when we were equals. She, she just doesn't like me. I just think that I-, I don't know why she feels like we're in competition. Honey, my end goal is not to be working in no ambulatory care practice. I'm sorry. It's just not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. No shade to you. You know what I mean? Good luck with everything. But that's just mm-hmm. not my end goal. I'm here for a specific purpose before I move on. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is your whole life. And you can have it. And I just felt like, you know, if you had any kind of sense, what you do is, you know, I mean, you befriend the people that can do the work because I would do the work. I don't care about accolades. We one we all look good. Right. um, Allegedly. But for divisive people, they don't see
0: that. Mm -hmm. They don't they don't see that. That's what you want to, okay, now I get it because I was like, what you being vindicated from? And
1: and things have happened. I have been, you know, some things, they were like, oh my goodness, you know, didn't Babi say that three months ago? We were in huddle and I heard, you know what I mean? So some things, they're starting to come out. People are starting to be aware. You know, when people make decisions, people make mistakes and they don't like to correct their
0: mistakes. Right. They don't. people don't want to be wrong. Rather
1: than say, we chose the wrong candidate or whatever they're just gonna roll with it just see Mm -hmm. how long it can roll out and you know i could leave but once i start getting like oh this is fun (laughs) let me see Mm -hmm. what happens next you know Mm -hmm. we'll see i don't know that's what i say same shit different me and i'm happy
0: okay well that's all well and good but you don't let nothing you know even with that oh let's see what'll happen you know just make sure you protect yourself I mean, I do.
1: And my coins. And my coins. I did ask for a transfer, but the lady in HR did tell me that um, there was really nowhere for me to go on my level right now. We have two more acquisitions we're making this week. So I probably going to have to wait until like later in the year Mm -hmm. to see, you know, what
0: opens up or whatever. So I don't know. Well, how was your week? Not as eventful as that. Oh. Um, (laughs) My week was all right. I had a... I didn't do much, you know. I just went about the week. Like normal. Nothing really, you know, outrageous happened. I did hang out a little bit this weekend, even though I didn't think that I was going to. Um, I thought I was gonna be chilling all weekend, not going out, not spending no money. That was my plan anyway. But it didn't happen and I went out, you know hung out in DC a little bit early, like a brunch type thing. Uh but you know how that is in D.C. Their brunches is like a little party, like a day party. Mm-hmm. So it was a DJ. It was a good time. It wasn't, you know, nothing to write home about. But fun, nonetheless. You know, the, the waiters was good. Funny. And we had a good time. And that's really all I did all week. I did you good. finish the book? I did not finish the book. <laughs> well, you would bring that up, right? No, I did not finish the book. It was my pick. The book club is like tomorrow. Um, I'm supposed to be giving the questions at the book club because it was my book. And it's 300 and I don't know, maybe like 320 pages in the book or 340 pages. And I'm 100 pages in. Mm -mm. And I don't see me getting. Yeah, I don't I don't see me getting into it enough to. Finish it by tomorrow. And my girlfriend was actually like, oh, the book was, the book is pretty good. Cause she's like halfway through and she said mm-hmm. she'll be finished by the time we have the book club. She was like, it's pretty good. And I, I'm thinking, well, it must've got good after them hundred pages. Cause these hundred pages was mm-hmm. kind of, it wasn't like a hard read, but it's just very repetitive. The book is very repetitive. It's called um Silver Sparrow. Okay. And I mean, we read the book from the girl, the last book the American marriage. That was good. It was quick. Like, Oh, okay. Interesting. What happens next? This story is just like, like I said, very repetitive. It's almost like if I was telling you a story, right. And I'm like, yeah, I had to go to the store. And then let me tell you what happened at the store. And I ran into James and girl, guess what? He was with Shireen. There's that name again. (laughs) Yeah. And then you waiting for the next part. Like, okay, then what happened? And I'm like, cause I had to run to the store and I ran into James. It's just like, well, just keep telling me the same thing. You ain't going to tell me what happened with James and Shireen, you know, or why it was so significant that you saw them. So that's how the book is reading thus far. That's why I know I have not finished the book. Well,
1: I mean, I'm a kind of person that if I, if I start a book, I have to finish it. Even I'm if I don't it. like, even if I don't like it, I'm like this is some bullshit. Turning every page, like, this is some bullshit. But I will get through the book. I will. But I know what is that book? I'll never forget. What you owe me by um, Terry McMillan. Did she write that, Terry McMillan? It was Terry McMillan or somebody similar to Terry McMillan. What you owe me about the girl with the makeup company. Because that was a book that was slow, 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 but around page 150, because it was like 500 pages in that book. Wait,
0: wait, was that the book about the girl who has something to do? I don't, somebody might write, read this book that's listening to this podcast, but was that the book about the girl that ended up having HIV? No. No. Okay. No, this she was. She had like, like a makeup company or something. No, and but that book that mo- I'm talking about, that last name, the girl who wrote that last name is Billsley, and that was the girl was a hairdresser. So I'm talking about no. something totally different. Okay. No, I think it
1: was. Um, it's the book. I know the title of the book is What You Owe Me, and it's a Terry McMillan esque. It's either Terry McMillan or who else was I reading back there? I can't remember, but it's it's an older book, and I'm telling you, them first hundred. More than 100 pages was slow as heck But when that book started getting good I could not put the book down I stayed up all night long B.B. Moore that Campbell,
0: book. that's who B.B.
1: Moore it. Campbell, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I um, I stayed up all night long and finished reading that book. It was at work the next day, sleep at my desk.
0: <laughs> well, I hope this book gets like that between tonight and tomorrow um, because I need it to. And What You Owe Me, I'll put that on a list because I, I never re- read that and that was old. You know B.B. Moore Campbell's daughter is Maya Campbell. Right. Oh, who right. has okay. the issues,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame.
0: It is a shame.
1: Who did some shit this week? Um, well, I, first, I just have to say I really do apologize for who did some shit last week because I was just so angry at the goings-on in the world, and I was just talking reckless, and I thought, you know, that was on my mind all week. I just was like, oh my gosh, I was just cussing. And oh, just, What did you say that was, was so reckless? I was saying, like, I said, an effort. I was like, Oh and every time I listened to it, I was like, oh my gosh, listen to yourself. No, like, get to control us, yourself, of all, Don't
0: apologize for anything on the podcast. The podcast is here so that we could tell our thoughts and our opinions on whatever it is that's going on, whatever topic we're talking about that week. Right. And, this and stuff I, that I don't I don't apologize. Was...
1: I really don't I it's just like I was just so angry. And what I be I, be, I believe in what I think, fe- I believe in what I said. You know, I believe in what I said, and I could have said worse, but I was like, when I was listening to it, I was like, oh my gosh, I must have really
0: been not a... me. I was like, well, about time, yes, guys. She was a little angry. You, I don't know why you like it so much when I'm angry. I don't, I don't... it's not that I like when you're angry, but I like the passion, you know, and I like when you are, um, not being so nice that you are suppressing what it is that you really want to say because you being so damn nice matter of fact we're going to get into these who did some shits but that's what i want to talk about this daggone week because we had this conversation about you saying you felt like you was going off on the damn podcast and it got me to thinking exactly what i'm saying to you right now you are too damn nice but let's get into these who did some shit before i get into you Okay, so the first one I have is
1: HUD, that's um, Housing and Urban Development, is a governmental agency. HUD is suing Facebook for housing discrimination. HUD says that they use their social media and the people who follow their pages, they use the social media in the same type of medium that they would use a newspaper or magazine article when they post things. People who follow their social media depend on it to get important information that HUD posts. And HUD is saying that Facebook controls who sees what. So if HUD posts something, all of the people who follows HUD's pages are not able to see the announcements and therefore are are not able to take advantages of some services that they may have. For instance, if the Section 8 application is opening up in your area, HUD will post that on their Facebook page, but everybody is not Able to see the Facebook page, and they're saying that people who need the service most are the people who were not seeing the announcements. So, so go
0: ahead.
1: No, so they're suing Facebook for housing discrimination because they said that Facebook did it in a calculating way that people who would not qualify for like Section 8 housing per se
0: were the people who were seeing the ads. So how did they find this out? Like, did it, does it say how they found out that, Facebook actually did this where people complaining like, Oh, I didn't see this on Facebook or did they do so They So it must've been a lot of
1: put. Yes. They're like, where's the information? How come nobody knew about this? I didn't see this anywhere. This stuff get, um, this kind of stuff gets shared a million and some odd times. How come nobody's seeing this? And, you know, and again, this is, uh, because I can't even say this is all, not to say that Facebook doesn't do this, because they do. They do. Facebook I have, do, does they do it, do. because they, it's come they out. They can choose what you yeah. see, how you see, and things like that. Because some of my friends will post some stuff, I won't see it for weeks later, and stuff like that. They do do it. However, HUD also has an obligation to make sure the consumers um, that the consumers get the information, too. So it's kind of like a pass the buck thing. Well, you know, in this instance, I'm going to blame Facebook for their part in it. And so there's so, and I just think it's a big deal because it's a government agency, and they're saying, if you're saying your're social media and you're open to everybody, be open to everybody, stop tweaking and screening people what people see right That's pretty much how it is.
0: Well, that's good to bring Facebook on there. It is very interesting and it's good to bring Facebook up on their mess. And they have, they've been recently bogged down with this same kind of thing from other people, not necessarily suing them, but you know, that big scandal that they had come out a couple of months ago about the same thing, the information that they were filtering through and or not filtering through. So this is very interesting to follow. Um, Facebook is in some shit. Continuously, you know, continuously, all of these data breaches that they have uh, going on. And it's just very interesting because they control pretty much everything. A lot, right. People
1: aren't reading the newspaper anymore. People are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Twitter. LinkedIn, you know, that's where everybody's getting their information. So somebody has to be held accountable. Um, The Honorable Lori Lightfoot, I guess, the new mayor of Chicago. She is the first African-American woman and she is openly gay. She beat the person that she who was another African-American female, but she won by like a landslide more than 50 percent of the votes. She was a former federal prosecutor Mm -hmm. and she is now the mayor of our nation's third largest city. And she just comes right out the gate with the shenanigans
0: Talking okay. about Jesse Smollett, first of all, congratulations to her, because no matter if she came out the gate with the shenanigans or not, it's a big deal that it's Chicago deal. has elected their first woman, black woman uh, mayor, and the fact that she's openly gay, uh, the wrong foot to put po- forward. You... Didn't even get sworn in yet. You ain't even sat in the seat yet. And you already bogged down with this nonsense of Jesse Smollett. Let it go. These people have to let this go. This is not, this should not be what your defining moment, so to speak, you know? Right. And this is. When you take on something like that, that has already been addressed, you know, the mayor that is the mayor now, before you get sworn in, before you won, he's already addressed it. He's already said the nonsense. Just let it go, sis. Let it go and work on cleaning up what Chicago needs, which is their government agencies, their police department, you know, look for a new police chief to put in there. That's going to bring some, um, uh, stability to your city and not all the havoc that's going on with the murder rate that you have going on and the police corruption in the, in the way that you have go it going on in the city of Chicago. Those are the things that you need to focus on. Nate should be your shining moment, not just these small app, especially
1: because, That's the platform you ran on Mm to get the corruption out of the city. You know, that was her big thing all throughout her campaign. She was going to stop this corruption. She was going to get these people out of here. She's going to turn this city around, going to stop the corruption. She's going to get these people out of here. She's going to turn the city around. Like that was her platform is to get the corruption out of silly politics. So that's what she needs to focus on. Yeah.
0: And the last time I checked, you know, Jesse Smollett, wasn't the biggest damn corruption and why are they treating him like and we're not even going to go into Jesse Smollett, but why are they treating him like he's damn Frank White, or like Frank Lucas, uh, you know, the biggest damn drug dealer or the biggest criminal or the biggest whatever you know, like if Jesse Smollett moves to California tomorrow or he moves to Michigan the next day, he's not going to be in Chicago anymore, it's not going to be a big deal, so you know, but again, congratulations to her, you know, the city of Chicago is looking for something new and hopefully she brings it to him shout out to my frank lucas he knows who he is
1: anyway (laughs) that was just a sidebar (laughs) you mentioned you brought it up
0: (laughs) that was a lot
1: (laughs) i'm just saying i was like oh frank lucas (laughs) this got me thinking about my frank lucas okay next The South Bend, Indiana, which South Bend, Indiana is close to Michigan. It's like close to the Michigan border. A nonprofit in South Bend, Indiana rescues, and I really love that term. I think that's wonderful. They rescue food and make frozen meals for children to take home from school. They give them eight frozen meals on Friday in a backpack so that they have food to eat over the weekend. And, you know, this just made my heart smile because we don't think about the children, especially on snow days. Mm -hmm. People always talk about how happy they are because it's a snow day and we don't have school. But I always think of those children that school is an escape for them. Mm-hmm. you know at home there's no heat there's no food there's no electricity people yelling and screaming all day they smoking in the house or they're left alone to fend for themselves but when they go to school they can be around other people they have heat or air conditioner they have lights you know what i mean somebody's paying them some attention there's food available so um I really thought this was a really good cause. And the fact that they use the word rescue because we waste a lot of food. Mm-hmm. We waste we waste a lot of food. And what they do is they go around to local, they have, um, agreements with local corporate caterers mm-hmm. and, um, and schools because after they serve lunch, they have a lot of food left over. And if the food is not acquired and a certain amount of time or not eaten in a certain amount of time, they have to throw it away. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they go around and literally rescue the food and they put it in these packages like little TV dinners and they freeze them and send the kids home with eight meals per
0: weekend. That's beautiful. I, this, Bravo to them. What is the name yes. of the nonprofit? I
1: don't know the name. I keep forgetting the name.
0: Oh, okay. Well, we and have to have look to- that up
1: yeah we have I have to look that up so that we, we can should give spread
0: them it. a specific uh shout out and that we could spread their information um, and let people know that may listen to we did that shit podcast in that area um how they can donate or where they could send um, information for people to go out and to rescue the food because it, it is definitely. really a beautiful it really is a beautiful thing. So shout out to them and to the children um that they are helping. I think that that is awesome.
1: Oh, the nonprofit is named Cultivate, Oh, which is another beautiful thing. That's a nice word.
0: Yes. So Cultivate in the South Bend, Indiana, Indiana, you know, if you're in that area or you know someone that's in that area, send them over, uh, look them up and, you know, give them some information on where they could go and rescue that food. So, yes, give them some
1: gas cards or something So they can run all around town <laughs> Get all the food, I guess mm-hmm. But I just thought that was really nice And um, another who did some shit I have is our boy Monty Scott 12 years old from Muskegon Heights Michigan mm-hmm. uh, Monty Scott, both his mother And his grandmother got flat Tires because Of all the potholes on his street Well, he had A half a day from school and the mom said, when he came home, Monty was out in the street with a big, gar- with the garbage can full of dirt that he got from their yard, and a shovel, and he had filled about twenty of the fifty potholes that was on his street. Oh, Monty! I did, and um, and then like that Saturday, because he had a half day that day. Then like that Saturday, he went out and tried to fill some more of the potholes. And so the news came and interviewed him and everything. And the mom said, you know, that she really wasn't surprised because that's just how he is. He's always tries to be helpful. And, you know, he saw that we were upset because, you know, you when your tires flat, that's more money. You got to pay mm-hmm. for stuff, you know, and the streets were looking bad. And so they asked Monty, you know, what we thought. What they think that they should do about the potholes, and he was like, They should dig the street up and pour concrete, it's more expensive, but it lasts longer. Mm-hmm. Go, Monty, exactly. I'm like, You see what I mean? Monty
0: gonna be an engineer, or <laughs> he gonna be uh in urban development, he exactly. So Civic good for him, something, yes. And his mom and his grandma, and if his you know father is in his life, whomever they're raising him up right, obviously, mm-hmm. because at 12 years old, he knows how to get out there and be alone man right and take care of the of women, the women. Exactly. in his life you exactly. know he saw a problem and he went out there and he did something about it you know as you was telling this story I was sitting here and I was thinking well where the hell he get all that dirt to right. uh fill up the rest of the potholes did he get it from out the yard because Monty <laughs> you did good boo but now she you dug know, she got she <laughs> dug up the yard you know and <laughs> now I, I all I'm thinking is y'all got patches in your yard right. but no Good for, good for Monty. Good for little Monty. I love it. I love Mm -hmm. to hear stories like that, especially from young children going out there and really making a difference. Right. You know, doing something positive right. and making a difference and getting rewarded for it by people saying job well done so it gives them incentive to keep doing something, you know, and to keep doing positive things. So and
1: hopefully motivate someone else to do it. And I said this several times on the podcast, and this is the way I earnestly feel. I feel that and Monty is an African American boy, and but I feel I say it all the time that we have a responsibility to our community. Our men have a responsibility to us, mm-hmm. you know, and so but for this young man, you know, of course, he's probably being raised right and all that. But for some people, it's just in them. Yeah, it's just in them to be helpful and nice to mm-hmm. be a protector, you know, to if there's a, a issue, just like you said, he's taking care of the women in his life. Mm -hmm. And we need more. And he's 12. Mm -hmm. He's 12. And we need more men
0: like him. We do. So shout out to you. Right. (laughs) If you're listening, he's 12. All right. So shout out to him. Shout out to him. That was, that was a great story. Well, I mean, we are on such a high note um, and talking about young Monty and some other things that have happened. um, And I hate to take the podcast on a turn and kind of put us in a in a somber moment. But I wanted to say rest in paradise to uh, the rapper Nitsi Hustle, who was killed on uh, Sunday, March 31st. Nipsey was um, 33 years old, and he survived by his two children and uh, his girlfriend. I think she was his wife, Lauren London, the actress. And he was murdered, gunned down in broad daylight at like three o'clock in the afternoon at his store in L.A., um, the Marathon Clothing Store. I'm really still messed up about it. I'm going to be very honest with you. I mean, I was a fan of Nipsey Hussle, not just of his music, but really of who, what, who he was as a man and what he stood for, because he really was a true definition of what you want to see from people that come from where we come from. Right. You know, we come from the inner city, you know, we come from a culture of violence drugs you know all kinds of stuff a lot of negative stuff but everything in that culture is not bad you know and it's good people that get caught up in bad situations you know it's good people that's out there and they doing what you know society deems as negative but even in growing up in that gang culture and growing up in that hood culture he was able to take that and flip it around and really do something positive, not just what becoming a rapper, but his whole message and what he brought about into the world was about ownership, you know, black people owning things, you know, he was all about community. He was really trying to teach people that gang, what gang culture really started as, you know, cause he was a crip. And if we look back at what gang culture really started as, it started as something positive. Mm -hmm. You know, it really started as a group of men who wanted to get together for community. And that's what they stood on. They stood on bettering the community, bringing about family and what community really, what they really wanted it to be. And somewhere along the lines, it took a turn and it became what people know as negative, you know, but he wanted to show that, the gang culture, what it really started as, you know? And so he um, was like getting into stem cell research. He was in the strip where he got murdered at, where his clothing store was. He had brought like the whole strip, you know, Mm -hmm. all of the stores giving people opportunity. He's just all about the the betterment of Black people. And for that alone, outside of his music, it really just, messed me up when I heard that he got murdered. Cause it's like, damn, yo, know, it just reminded me of people that I know that got murdered in our own hood. You mm-hmm. know, people that, you know, is good people, people that you know that's like doing the right thing. And then their life is cut short for nothing mm-hmm. because now that the details are coming out about his murder, it really was about nothing. It was about somebody who was jealous And envious of what this man was doing. And it turns out, like I said from details that's coming out, is he got up that morning, didn't even tell his security, his family, nothing where he was going. Heard that one of his friends had got out of jail after doing a 20-year bid and was going to his clothing store to get the boy some clothes so that he can get the man some clothes so that he can, you know, have something to come home to. So didn't even really tell nobody what he was going to go do just got up. And that just shows the kind of person that he was like, Oh, let me, you know, let me go and get him together. So he didn't have any security or anything like that. Nor did he probably think that he needed anything like that. When you were in your own community, you know, going into your own store where you show people so much love and then to be gunned down for nothing. It's just like, It's nonsense. It it really just, like, hit home. And you see the outpouring of love on social media and stuff like that. And it really just spoke to who the man was, you know, in the short amount of time that he's been exposed to the world. Because, he, 33 years old, you was probably always innately that person. Like you said, how little young Monty was. You know what I'm saying? Um, But since he's been exposed to the greater world through entertainment, people got a chance to see who he was. And you could tell that he was just, like, a good-ass person because of the outpouring of love. Even the police chief in L.A., LAPD, one of the most corrupt police departments in the United States, even the police chief there said when he saw the name, he had to look at it three times because he was so shocked that mm. it happened because he knew who he was as a person. Like, right. you know, the next day, which was that Monday, he was scheduled to have a A gang summit, a nonviolent gang summit where they was going to be talking about things that they could do to, you know, get like gang violence under control. And so for his life to be cut short like that, it, it just, it's just like devastating. I mean, people die. You know entertainers and stuff like that, and you'd be like, "Damn, that's messed up," and you kind of like move on about your day because you don't know them, you know. But when I heard that, and even to the days leading up to now, us doing the podcast, it really fucked me up. It 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 really did. It was like I felt like, damn, like I lost one of my people that I knew, that I ride for. You know what I'm saying? I just want to say condolences to his family to his children and to Lauren London. And, you know, he got brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's a shame because it's just like another young Black man taken from us. Who knows what that man could have been? Because even what he was doing now, you know, all of the things that he was doing now, who knows what he could have been, you know? And for somebody to take his life for nothing, it's for just nothing. like... It's it's truly for nothing. Like it really goes to show you like people have no value of life. And this ain't got nothing to do with just Nipsey hustle. This is just some real shit. People don't have no value of life. Like you took somebody's life without even a second thought. You know what I'm saying? Like Oh, I don't like what you're doing. I don't like that you're doing better than me. And I'm going to just cut your life short. Take you away from this world, from your family, and the devastation that that causes. Not even only with that, because now you got a family. You know what I'm saying? Now Mm -hmm. you're going to jail for damn near probably the rest of your life. Your family got to deal with the effects from that. And for what? For nothing. For nothing. For nothing. I I just want people especially in a black community, because that's who we are to just like value their lives and the lives of others more know that you ain't gotta be jealous or envious of anybody. When it's your time, it's your time. And if it never becomes your time, then it ain't. Um, but let people just like live.
1: It sounds crazy to say that, but that's exactly what it is. Just Let
0: people live. Let people live. If I if I count the number of senseless murders that I know personally, people that I know personally that I grew up with, cousins, the whole nine of when I look back at what they died for and it's senseless nothingness. You know, we gotta do. We just gotta. We just have to do better. Like we gotta do better as a, as a whole. And I ain't just talking to Black people. I'm talking about so- society in general. We just have to do better as a whole. Like, what are, what are we out here doing?
1: Well, I know that um, prior to his death, I have never heard a Nipsey Hustle before in my life. Mm-hmm. That's number one. And when Deja's home visiting. From Taiwan and she said Mom Nipsey Hussle died and I was Like uh who She was like Nipsey Hussle and I was like Um do you mean Nipsey Russell from the Wiz cause he's been dead mm-hmm. and she Was like no Nipsey Hussle He was a rapper and I was like oh You know I was like you know Did you listen cause I asked her if she told Me she knows something you know she's into It I'm into what she's into you mm-hmm. know? I mm-hmm. want to know what she's feeling and she was like, well, he was like more than she said he was more than a rapper. He was, you know, he was an activist, and you know, she talked start talking about the things that he did, and I said, well, any death is terrible, mm-hmm. you know, any any death is especially a senseless one, you mm-hmm. know, it's ter- it's terrible, and I always and I try to be mindful because I don't want to be desensitized. To, to murder and death So um, we've talked about it for a little while But this is, you know I, There's three things I want to say about Nipsey Hussle One, when I found out That he was selling his mixtapes For a hundred dollars mm-hmm. I instantly liked them. Fan, I'm a fan Like what, who That is some bold shit And they were selling
0: yeah, uh, um, people you know, And
1: they were selling, exactly. And because
0: people had just, the same kind of thought that you had. Who the hell would sell a mixtape for a hundred dollars? Oh, that's right. And so I people know, was that like, you know what? Yeah, All right, let me, let see, me see what, see what this is about. about. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And, but to have the wherewithal to do it mm-hmm. speaks to who you are mm-hmm. as a person. And I, I, I was like, okay, I'm, I love it. You know, I love it. That's number one. Number two, and, you know, there's... uh just, I just like to think there's a special place in heaven for a man that gives back to his community. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's a lot to be said for a person to give back. Now, some people don't have the means that he has and they still give back. Mm-hmm. And so one person's dying could be another person's million, mm-hmm. but it doesn't negate the fact that they're giving back. And, um, just like on my mom's stone, you know, we put, let the work that I've done speak for me, mm-hmm. you know, so just let the work that he's done speak for him. And that's what it's doing with all of this. Um, the twi- the tweets and the Facebook posts and the forums yeah. and all of that stuff, the work that he has done is speaking for him. And hopefully someone will be inspired. Mm-hmm. to to do something. And, and I just want to encourage someone who wants to do, do what you can. You mm-hmm. may not be able to do what he did on a larger scale, but do what you can, because doing what you can will, someone will speak the same of you and you can really help change somebody's life. Yeah, and I so, agree. And, and his death does not have to be in vain somebody can pick up the torch and keep running
0: yeah and I think that that's what's going to happen like he named his store the marathon you know and he spoke a lot about that in his interviews because he said it's it's a marathon it's with a long haul and so the legacy that he left behind in his short amount of time here on earth and especially when we were exposed to him like you said his work was done and it will continue because you see more and more people saying what they're going to do because of it, you know. And so I agree. You said that well. Yeah. And the third thing that I want to say is
1: listen to 12 Kyle's podcast
0: mm-hmm.
1: on Nipsey Hustle. It was funny because the first thing I thought when I saw it, when it, you know, I got the notification, it was Nipsey Hustle. And I was like, oh, Kyle's doing, who did some shit? you know cuz he never yeah. he always does like a topic he never talks about like pop culture or current events or anything like that mm-hmm. and then in the podcast he mentions that he doesn't do that you know mm-hmm. um but it was a very it was a very good heartfelt yeah you know report on this man's life his music his contribution to hip hop And what he left behind, it was very good. It was very well stated. It was a very good episode of the podcast. And, you know, that's all I really have to say about rest in paradise. Yes. And to his family, because it's really the loved ones that you leave behind that hurt the most.
0: That hurt the is, most that have to is. suffer through. Yes. And we know, we know that hurt firsthand. We know mm-hmm. that firsthand. And I, and that's probably why, again, you know, it just messed me up so bad. And and another thing is because I'm so passionate about black people, you mm-hmm. know, especially with the way that these young kids are going and the direction that they're going in. He was a voice for those people. Right. Being that because he was in the rap game, you know, you had younger kids that was looking up to him, that was listening, that got a message, you know, from him. And then for a voice like that to be taken away. It's like how when your parents was growing up, how the voice was Malcolm X, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then it got Then it got stolen away from us or how the voice was Martin Luther King. Then it got stolen away from us. Then even back in our time growing up, you know, Tupac was becoming that revolution, revolutionary person that was becoming the being the voice for our generation. And then his life was cut short. Then you got him now, Nipsey Hussle, that was becoming the voice for this generation. Life got cut short. Uh, And and that kind of stuff, just drink. It just wears me thin because Mm -hmm. it's just like we just all got to step up as leaders and stop the sen- senseless killing. That's, that's, that's what my takeaway from it is. But, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to talk about you now. Let's talk about <laughs> you now. Let's, let's switch gears for the podcast because I don't want to stay on this, um, you know, on a sad note and that's a sad situation, but let, let's talk about a little bit about you before we get on out of here for this week. Um, what about me? I am not having an emotional affair. This is not about an emotional oh, affair. Okay. But yes, you are. But <laughs> this is about you being too nice. This is about you being too nice. I I don't care what you say. There is a such thing as being too nice.
1: I was just about to say, there is no such thing as being too nice. It is. Oh my
0: god. There is you know no like listen, I I keep saying it's a thing as being too nice. You don't think that it is. I'm telling you no. it, it 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 is. So much so that I googled it. And you know <laughs> Google got everything. <laughs> Google has everything. And they even had several articles about you being too nice. What what makes me too
1: nice though? What why do you say I'm too nice? I get angry. When I was angry last week on a podcast.
0: It's not about you being angry because I mean, you have emotions. You, you are emotional. You have you know, you're angry about some things like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that happened, but you're too nice for the shit that you don't need to be nice for. This is not about being reactive to something. This is not about seeing something and you like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that happened or how dare they do that. This is not about that. This is about you to be being too nice in the way that you deal with things that have to do with you, not things that have to do with the world. Let, let me just go through it. It's it's, okay, it's a couple I, of I mean, it's a couple of different things. It's a yeah, couple what, of different signs that you're too nice. Okay. And as I was reading them, you got them all, honey. Oh you my god. Number one, you always make yourself available. People need help. I am helpful as hell. <laughs> I'm helpful as hell. However, you have to know when it's enough. You know, it's not about people needing help. A lot of times people do need help, but people lean on that. They lean on the fact that, oh, she'll do it. She's always available. She's nice. Oh, ask Bibby. She'll do it. You need that done? Oh, let me call Bibby. Now I am, I, I do that too with you. (laughs) I do that too with you, but because, but because I got a lot of that in me, I try not to lean on you as much as other people. But that's one of the things that you're too nice. You make yourself available all the time. Do you agree or disagree that you make yourself available all the time? No matter what it is. No matter if you got something to do or not. (laughs) I agree that people need help. No, that you make yourself available. What are you talking about? I I And that could be... Sometimes it really is like
1: no big deal. Yeah, like... yeah. Uh, okay, maybe you have an
0: emotional affair. That's emotionally, emotionally <laughs> available. That means that you're too available. Number two, let's move on. Cause you, <laughs> cause clearly I'm not going to get this out of you that you think that these things are you, but this is you. Number two is you 100%. And if you say that it's not we're, the podcast is done, um, <laughs> you forgive too easily. There's nothing wrong with forgiveness. Let me tell.
1: Forgiveness is for me. Forgiveness is not about the other person at all. Forgiveness is for me. I have to free myself from the wrong. I am very forgiving. I am.
0: I think that forgiveness is for you, right? In my older years of living, I have learned that forgiveness is for you. Now, I'm not forgiving. And I think that you are too forgiving because what happens is, you forgive too quickly and too quietly without being healed of what it is that you, that the person did to hurt you. And but the person the can't heal me. Mm-mm. No, it's not about the person healing you. It's about you dealing with the hurt first and then forgiving. Because what happens is you forgive. You don't deal with the hurt, but you still hurt. So now you are still dealing with the bull crap, Instead of healing yourself first and saying, you know what? Okay, now I can forgive the situation. No, your nice ass want to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they did that. But I know they ran into my car with a four-wheeler on purpose. But, (laughs) I mean, it could be fixed. What?
1: I feel like there are some people, first first and foremost, Foremost, And I want to be very, very clear. I'm a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. And I believe that there is no way I can say my prayers and ask God to forgive me for things that I have done and not be forgiving to other people. It's just not right.
0: You can be, forgiven. I'm not
1: God. I'm not God. So I can, I forgive and I can still be angry. I can still be hurt and all that other kind of stuff. But if I'm asking God for forgiveness, Lord, forgive me for my transgressions, for cutting somebody off in traffic, for cussing somebody out, for being angry about a situation that I really shouldn't have been angry about for doing whatever, If I want forgiveness, I can't ask for forgiveness in good conscience and know that I'm not forgiving to other people. Now, there are a few people, not too many, because usually like once I forgive and like I'm over it, there are some things that people that I have forgiven and I'm not really over it. I want to be, but I'm not really over it. And I think there's only one person Maybe one and a possible that I really wish I really just never had to fuck with or see again, but I do.
0: Mm. You don't really have to unless they're your kids, and you ain't your kids ain't done nothing to you that you can't forgive no. them.
1: It, unless children. it's you,
0: okay? But it's it, not like it, it, children, if, but I do like. Yeah, I do. Okay. Like, I, again, do again, mm. you forgive two easily it's not about forgiveness it's about how quick your Uh, is forgiven and that's being too nice number three (laughs) you hardly speak up for yourself ding 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 you got that you had that now you don't have that like if a chick came up to you and was starting some nonsense, you wouldn't stand up for yourself. That's not it. But you don't speak up for yourself in situations that you need to speak up for yourself, i.e., the emotional affair. <sighs> you sit and say to me, oh, I ain't doing this. I can't believe you trying to get me. And then you won't say, nah. Don't call me with your bullshit. Don't call me with your whatever. No, you listen to it and then you be like, ah, oh, I can't believe they call. Yes, yeah, speak up for yourself. Mm-hmm. I am overly concerned about uh, for other, other people, people. I am. I, I'll, I'll admit that one. Listen, I'll admit that one. Always- I am. You are concerned about somebody else's feelings. Meanwhile, they're, my own not concerned about, right. exactly. they're not concerned so. about your feelings. And nobody is jammed up in the situation but you. You are the only one that is dealing with whatever comes from the situation. Just like the forgiving too easily. You are not healed from the situation. And just like the not speaking up for yourself. You don't speak up for yourself. You ain't healed from the situation. But you quick the... To be like, oh, well, I don't want them to be hurt. And then you forgive right. them. Right. What? <laughs> the hell. And I think that I'm like a nice-ass person, you know, but not oh my God. giving people for nonsense that they did to me. Especially when it's like beyond nonsense. And surely not enough to be like not telling you how I feel about the situation. I always, what do I always say? Say what you, you got to say. say. Because even if the person doesn't Agree or they don't receive it It doesn't matter You get it up off of you You say that you forgive people Because forgiveness is for you Say what you gotta say because that's for you too mm. I'll take that under consideration That's nice bullshit It's too much I will. Uh, Number four You are constantly saying sorry Hmm. Uh, Okay The niceness is just you, 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 yeah. you
1: But is that too nice? I, first of all, I think the sorry goes with the last one Because I just, I am I will admit that I I don't like people to feel bad I don't want people to think that You know, I'm not trying to intentionally hurt anybody's feelings And when I, you know, people used to call me mean Like they was like, oh, you're so mean Why are you so mean? Why are you so mean? And then I was like, well, I'm not mean. And I think that it just went too far. Like when I was
0: young, when I first. When? Because I was going to say I've known you all my life. I know, but all when I was I was life, younger, I've known like you. in my teenage You're years, you older than me, and you was always nice. In my in my teenage years. And it wasn't that I was mean because, you know,
1: I I left home very early. So I had to be a certain way to protect myself. You know what I mean? So I really didn't think I was mean. I didn't want to talk to anybody. You know, I'm always thinking about my safety, always. And I'm I'm still like that. But when I started to meet people and be more social, like when I went to college and they were like, oh, my goodness, you're so mean. Why are you so mean? And. I will admit that people did treat me different. Like they still wanted to be a friend. They still wanted to be around me, you know, stuff like that. But I just didn't want people to think I was mean. And then, you know, my life is charity. So I just, people need help. And I just
0: got caught up in this whirlwind of, Niceness. I don't know. Oh my God. You got caught up in this whirlwind <laughs> of niceness. You in, in, in that you forget to be my thing. My biggest thing is, is you forget to be nice to yourself that's you know, true. when you that's are true. being, when it you are true. being considerate of other people, when you're being forgiving of other people, very easy. When you're not speaking up for yourself, you forget to be nice to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because you so busy, worried about other people. And that's my biggest thing with the being nice. That's why I'm always on you. Like, no, you too nice. All right. Who was I? One, two, three, four. You got them. Number (laughs) five. Number five. You have warped expectations. Not anymore. Mm.
1: Not anymore. And I used to. And I, because I, I just feel like, why are people like that? But I had to learn the hard way. I will say that. You cannot have expectate, you cannot expect people to be and think like you. Right. So now I know that when I do stuff, I can't, do, I don't do it with any, you know, even people that I help. And I think that's what it was, is the people that I help that that, that will never reciprocate. Now, I understand that, say if I give you a million dollars, right? You may not ever have a million dollars to give me. Mm -hmm. But even when you do have something that can help me, something, anything, you never say, hey, do you need such and such? Or, hey, I have an hour, you know, could you do whatever, like nothing ever. And that is what I that's something I had to learn the hard way. And that is absolutely true. I used to be like that, but not anymore. So now I do things knowing that, you know, people might be fucked up, ain't never going to get nothing back. And I don't do things to get something back, but I just don't have any
0: expectation of the person.
1: You may have valid points. I just want to say this though. Okay,
0: because I was going to say so. You four out of five. (laughs)
1: Because I'm recovering from that one.
0: Okay, so So you um, you five out of five, (laughs) but you recovering from the fifth. Got it.
1: But I just I just want to say this. I also feel like people take my niceness for weakness. You took the words out of my mouth, and it's Mm. it's not. And and I think that I also attract sometimes a certain type of person you because do. that weakness or whatever and because i have seen i have experienced that when they realize it's not a weakness they'll go away mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it's really not and and the people who know what they can get they keep getting you know what i mean mm-hmm. they, they they keep getting and, and i i think they do take advantage they do and you think Right, but my fear is, and this is really my fear, my fear is one day all of those things
0: that I vent to you Mm -hmm.
1: are going to come out
0: and that's the reason why
1: and i'm going to be doing 20 to life
0: and, and that's I the just, reason why i keep telling you that you are too nice i don't mean that you're too nice like i want you to walk around as something that you're not and i want you to be a mean person shit i'm not a mean person you know what i'm saying other people might say that some things that i do they can consider it mean but it's not about being mean what it's about is is about not you not taking advantage of me and right. not taking advantage of Who I am as a person to me, you feel like the niceness is helping you, but it's not helping you. It's not because you're not getting what you need in the process of trying to be so damn nice. I like helped, you I can still be nice
1: detriment, right? You can
0: still be a nice person. You can still be a kind person. You can still be a welcoming person. You can still be available to people. You can still say yes to people. You can still do all of those things and not be taken advantage of in the process.
1: Well, I think, like, so to take advantage of whatever, because we know there are some situations that I really should never, ever, ever, ever be talking to certain people, you know, doing some things like never, ever. And if I said, you know Mm. what I mean, Mm -hmm. you low-down, nasty, gutter snipe, I would be all truthful Mm -hmm. in saying that about the people. And I still, you know, talk to them or whatever. So that is true. But, and then on the other end, I still have the... Like people like me and I don't dislike people, but I really don't like be bothered with people. I have like a really small circle and I'm okay with that really small circle. And like when people come in and like they be wanting to be girlfriends, I'll be like, oh my gosh, what do I do? You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to stir anything. You know what I mean? It's not that I dislike people, but I think everything is for a time. Right. And a reason. Like, okay, this is, you know. Times just I'm not in the book club but just like say if I was in a book clubs and I'd be like okay then these are the book club girls like mm-hmm. if the book if the book club girls call me on Tuesday I'm like what she want am like eh. yeah. you know, like so yeah. no, it mm-mm. you know so but I feel like if you say something then that's not nice either
0: but uh, what do you say like I really don't feel like being bothered. Like No, you just, you don't have to say anything. Sometimes you don't have to say anything. Your actions speak louder than your words most of the time. So, I mean, like, unless they just danced, you know, a person to get the hint that you are not trying to be friends on Tuesday and you only want to be friends on the monthly book club. I mean, I'm not the kind of person that's like a, oh, no, I'm not like that. You don't have to be like that, but you do have to be less nice less nice i'm gonna work on it less (laughs) so crazy be less nice i don't mean it like that yeah more
1: truthful because really what it is is that i suppress what i truly feel because i feel like you know with that old adage if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all so i now i don't promote the bullshit like i don't do that you know what i mean but I do, I, yeah, yeah, I take a lot. I, t- I take a lot. I, I will agree with that. I do, I do. And I'm going to work on it. I'm going to, you know, tell people. Because what happened was like the TD Bank incident. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then it's like, well, I didn't know that boy or whatever, so it didn't matter. But
0: that was my true me. Like, what the? F-? You know what I mean? Like, what? No, that was everything coming to no, that was. surface. Was no, that. that was very specific to the person. But what I'm saying is, is like when you when you don't do if you just let things linger, 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 nice, nice, okay. nice, 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 nice. Then it boils over. It boils over. And then you get the reaction like you did at TD Bank. And, and for all of you listening, she went off at TD Bank, like off, clear <laughs> <was> off. Happy. <laughs> Because I was like, right, about time, yes, finally. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to sit here and and act like I'm promoting you to be so damn ratchet or I'm telling you to be so mean or anything like that. I'm not trying to do that. I just don't want anybody taking advantage of you. I don't want you looking weak. I don't want you to be so trusting of people that it backfires on you. You know, I don't want you to say yes so much when you really want to say no, that it it's just not helpful to you. So stop being so damn nice.
1: I am. I'm going to, I'm going to stop. I'm going to be more truthful and see, and, and how long it takes me to go back to being the mean person that everybody used to call me and see how that works out.
0: You're not going to be, you're not going to be because you don't want to be. So the thing is, is that you know who you want to be as a person and you know what you want to put, out there into the atmosphere of your life. You already know that. So because you already know that you're never going to go back to the mean person that somebody, uh, said that you once was. And at this point in your life, people that know you or know of you or know anything circling around you, any sort of out of kind of way, already think that your ass is too nice. So even if you became, <laughs> even if you became mean, they would be like, look at, look been- at Vivi <laughs> acting like she, cause you, Because you didn't already put the niceness out into the atmosphere. So don't say it like, oh, I'm going to be like this. And then people, girl. I'm just going to be truthful. Yes. And how I felt during the who did some shit segment last week was truthful. I was very angry. Exactly. So don't. So don't apologize for it, which was one of the things, don't say that you are sorry for having the emotions or the feelings that you had then, just roll with it, and that is my suggestion to you, just roll with it, however you are feeling, whether it be so nice, but don't be so nice that it is to the detriment of you, as you said, got it? Uh I'm I'm going to work. I'm going to work on it because, you know, I have
1: suffered some really big blues helping other people and being nice. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really for the birds. And mm-hmm. I really want to say to some people, like, stop bringing that bitch up around me. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. But I just. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. I don't want to hurt. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will do it for you. I know, But I just. What you going to yeah. do? you're going to work on it and with that we're going to go ahead and get on out of here for this week (laughs) we hope that you enjoyed this week's episode um we will give you an update on whether uh my co-host is just being too nice remember that all new episode drops each and every monday you can find us anywhere where you can find a podcast that is on anchor spotify itunes google play youtube Remember that you can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Did That Shit. Follow me on my personal Twitter. It's MyMy13. That's M-Y-M-Y-1-3. And I'm at Bibiamina. That's B-I-B-B-I- A-M-I-N-A.
1: And we'll be here same time next week. Remember,
0: be nice this week. Do that shit. I love you, Maya. Love you too, (laughs) nicey.